time for Bump and Run, the podcast all about golf. Here are your hosts, Bob and Jamie. And welcome to another edition of Bump and Run. I am Run. And I am Bump. And we are uh, talking uh, major championships, both men's and women's. A lot of majors. It's a major season, obviously. And uh, this happens. It gets crowded. Uh, We've got back-to-back majors and big majors. The women's major is the uh, U.S. Women's Open, which I Mm -hmm. think probably arguably is either the biggest or the second biggest next to the ANA. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's it's probably the biggest. Um, It's probably the hardest test, although the Rico Women's British could be pretty hard at times just because of the... You never know what weather you're going to get, but uh, the U.S. Women's Open is, just like the men's, a tough test. That's right. Okay, now it's uh, being played in uh, Trump Bedminster out in Joyzy, and uh, we're actually taping this as the first round is going on, and and already we're seeing cream rising to the top. Yeah, it's amazing. If you look at that leaderboard right now, and it's good for viewership going forward, but you you got... Shen Shen Fong is leading at six under. Lydia Ko, So Yun Yu, Minji Lee, Christy Kerr, Se Young Kim, Brooke Henderson, Inji Chun. Uh, everybody but Arya Jutanagarn, who you got to go way, way, way down, who did not have a good round. But um, a lot of the top names right up there after the first, uh, or as the first round goes on, um, which is fantastic. Just missing, uh, yeah, as you said, uh, a couple of missing area, maybe Michelle Wee. Uh, but Brooke Henderson, bogey-free, two under. Anytime you go bogey-free at a U.S. Open, men's or women's or juniors or whatever, mm-hmm. I think uh, I think you've played some pretty good golf. Absolutely. I, w- I watched her. Um, she was hitting fairways and greens again. Um, when she missed the fairway, she uh, she didn't uh, she didn't make a bogey. She actually made a really nice par save on on two um, from about twelve or thirteen feet after she hit into the rough, but. Uh, you know, again, she's got to make some putts, but it's not like I, I watched a little bit of the bonus coverage that was on USGA.org. Um, she wasn't hitting it terribly close, but she was hitting greens and making it easier, easy on herself, pretty much for uh, throughout most of the round. Yeah, she said uh, she said afterwards that she was pretty pleased with the way she played. Um, you know, she said that the the early conditions were a little bit soft, so it kind yeah. of. Uh, help them hold the greens and stuff, but um, she also likes the way she's hitting the ball. She said the one thing that I think stood out for me when her post interview was that she her lag kicking or her lag kicking her lag putting <laughs> has kicked in and it's a lot better right. than it's been at the beginning of the year. So she doesn't have any pressure four or five uh, footers. And if you saw the KPMG on the Saturday, she missed two. You know you're not going to make them all, but let's say let's call them seven footers, eight yeah. footers. And I think those ones for second putts are a little bit tough sometimes. Um, so you want to obviously just have those no pressure pars or no pressure birdies if you can do the hit a par five and two. That's right. Um, I like the way she's playing, but uh, I, it looks to me like this could be uh, this could be a bit of a, a horse race. Yeah, it's, and but that's that's what the women's you know you never you never really see this in the men's tour. Um, not all these you know not most of the top twenty you know up at the top of the leaderboard, but this is something you grow to expect from the women's tour, as you said earlier. The cream does rise, but you know, for it for for there to be interest, there has to be that cream has to be up there. So yeah, you know, when you have Lexi Thompson, when you have Lydia Ko, when you have Aria when she's playing well, or Soe Yunyu, Brooke especially, um, and especially the, the the top Americans, that's when you get um, some focus on your on your sport, which is a, you know the LPGA we know is a sport that doesn't get a lot of attention all the time. It's driven. It's definitely star driven, and people will only really turn in 
or tune in if there's a, a big name there. I mean, in Canada, obviously, Brooke Henderson uh, is the one that does it. And I, I, I almost I was on a radio show in Winnipeg this week on TSN Radio in Winnipeg, and they asked me if I thought Brooke Henderson was um, the most notable Canadian athlete, female athlete right now. And I, I said probably right. I mean, oh, she could pretty, get people. Yeah. She could get people tuning in to watch this weekend if she's in the hunt who aren't necessarily golf fans. Yeah, there's no question that when she is on the course, you know, we've been told by LPGA that the leaderboard clicks go up, shoot up the roof. And on our network on TSN.ca, you know, we get the Brooke Henderson when we post a video of her, it gets clicks. She really does is a, a needle pusher. Um, as far as Canadians, um, you know, you could make an argument. Christine Sinclair, you know, Kia Nurse is starting to make a name for herself. Some of the Olympians, Olympic hockey players. But, yeah, you know, it's it, there's a real argument to be made that she is the most popular uh, female athlete in Canada. And if she, if she ever happens to win uh, another major, be it this one or another one down yeah. the road this year or even next year, I think uh, it will really start to skyrocket things. Oh, absolutely. Like, she could... She she very well will be the best female golfer we've ever had um, out there, likely by the time she ends her career. That's kind of like the progression that's going right now after right. only a couple years on the LPGA Tour. Um, she's one of the top players in the world, and you know we don't always have a lot of those in Canada. The only danger, I would say, would be burnout because she does right. play a lot of golf, and she's done a lot of... A lot of uh... Uh, other stuff off the golf course now starting to do it she is only 19 so she's got lots of energy and when i was 19 i could survive on three hours sleep sometimes too yeah i used to play but, baseball hungover like crazy yeah, so right, it's, it's a piece right. of cake when you're 19 now forget that's it right. <laughs> that's right well we'll uh, we'll keep our eye on our brook and the rest of the uh, women this weekend uh, that's not the only story of course coming out leading into this tournament um there was some uncomfortable moments in the pre-tournament press conferences as all the players, the top players, came in for their uh, gab fest with the press, and they were asked all about um, what they felt like playing on a golf course owned by Donald Trump, a man who has uh, made some uh, pretty uh, disparaging remarks or sexist remarks about women, certainly in his campaign. He was and he was caught on tape doing some of those things, and there was a lot of push for the USGA to move this tournament, and there was a story this week also that Donald Trump threatened to sue them if they were going if they tried to move it. Uh, so they were kind of caught between a rock and a hard place in a certain cases, but um, I don't know. It, it's it's a tough situation. I, I, I certainly, as a golfer, don't think they should be put into the position of making political comments. But uh, on the other hand, you sort of you know, if someone does stand out like that, I think it 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 emboldens them to me in certain in certain places. I, I you know, but it, it really puts them in an awkward position as well, right? Um, you know. I don't. I don't really know if it's really fair for the media to be asking these players those questions, right? Would you agree with that? Yeah, I don't know if it has much to do with golf, and it puts them in an awkward spot. What are they supposed I do to think, do? What are they supposed yeah. to do? Not play the U.S. the U.S. Open, <laughs> right? Like it, right. it's the the court. The USGA picked the course. They didn't have to pick the course. The players are just playing the course that the tournament's at. Um, yeah. Now, you know, and in fairness to the U.S., in fairness to the USGA, when they picked the course, a lot of this stuff wasn't known right. about Donald Trump. Right. But uh, I still think uh, if they had a chance to move it, they probably should have. Um, Donald Trump's mo seems to be in the past to threaten a lot of people with lawsuits and things. Right. But um, 
I don't know. It would it would be pretty awkward later this late in the game to have done. I do think that uh, Mike Davis, who was the USGA head honcho, should have showed up at the USGA press conferences or press conference this week and sort of made a statement, said, "This is why we held it here. This is why we couldn't move. Uh, this is why we felt we shouldn't move." Whatever the answer was, be he was not to be seen. And to me, that was a little bit of a uh, of a of a well, not even a little bit. It was a, it's a it's pretty a, major miss. That's major. It's a major miss. He's got to be there. Like, come on. Like, yeah. you're you you're the guy that sets up these courses and picks these courses. You need to be there. Yeah, you want to. They pre, he probably wanted to avoid the Trump talk, right? But like, it, it looks bad. It looks bad that That's he your... doesn't show up at that thing. You're the guy. You're the guy for the USGA. You need to be there. It's your responsibility, as far as I'm concerned. To answer answer the Trump questions, you are the one. There's no one there else who should be answering the Trump questions right. other than you. So I think that's it's a it's sort of a miss for him to to do that anyway. I just think uh, the we'll media wants if, to attack Trump, and so then they ask these players that come in, like you know, you're going to ask Inby Park about Donald Trump, really? Right, right. It's kind of like when they ask like, come on, they're from from Korea, they're from Thailand, they're from New Zealand. You know, yeah. It's it's just not it's. I don't think it's fair that those golfers got asked this question. They're just playing a golf tournament. They could have asked Natalie Gulvis. She's not golfing in it, but right. she's going to run for Senate apparently. And she yeah. spoke at Donald Trump's uh, inauguration, so she we know where she is, right. on which side of the fence she's on. Anyway, right. uh, all right, let's let's move topics because we have another Open Championship coming up, and that is uh, the the Open Championship as it's called over there. They get you get corrected all the time if you call it the British Open. They it's say, the well, is that like the U.S. Is that like the U.S. Masters? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> but, if you, but if you go on the europeantour.com and look at, at results, they will say U.S. Masters, U.S. PGA. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Anyway, uh, so listen, we're coming in, and we've got you know four big players a year ago who were, and, and really coming into the first two majors who we were all focused on. And I don't know right now that you could make a case to me that there is one clear either one of those four or anyone else one clear favorite i mean there's a betting favorite obviously but mm-hmm. is there a heads and shoulders favorite to win this tournament right now in your mind well i don't i don't think so i think there's probably a good 10 to 20 people that you know probably have the game that could do this and win this open and be the champion golfer of the of the year but a guy that's far and above like you could have said john rom was the clear favorite. He just blitzed a top field at the Irish Open by six shots. But now yep. Ricky Fowler's tied for the lead at the Scottish Open. And all of a sudden, <laughs> you know, he lo- he's looking good like he- like he's done before where he's played well at the Scottish, played well at the Open. Um, you know, Rory could pull out of his funk at any moment. Um, yeah, we don't know what we're going to get from DJ. We haven't seen him. No, that's uh, the thing. He's he hasn't. He's only played... You know, sparingly, he hasn't played for a while, and he missed the last two cuts. Um, I think it's, he's a question mark. Jason Day, we're not sure. He's slipped down to yeah. sixth in the world ranking. Rory, you said, Jordan Spieth may be the best, playing the best of them all. At least he's won this year. That's right, and he's won a couple times. But, uh, and again, I mean, so is Dustin we, Johnson, but right, I mean, but we I don't mean know, recently. Right, recently. recently but we don't know, also, you know, you never know. The weather report, as you've said before, seems to be okay. Yeah, it's going to be cool and a little and a little windy, but but if something blows hurt, in, no, no mirror, no mirror field, right? If something blows in all of a sudden, and Dustin Johnson's in the middle of that, 
he's all of a sudden the betting favorite now playing in ridiculous conditions where the guys maybe in the morning didn't face those conditions. Um, now remember what happened. Remember what happened to him two years ago, though, right? He had the thirty-six hole lead, and then he went out mm-hmm. and he played in those that horrendously windy conditions, and we never saw him again. Right, he was, and he was, was gone. And it was a dominating thirty-six holes. Um, yeah, at it Saint was. Andrews. Um, you know, and he's had the lead coming down the stretch, and then hits it out of bounds. And yeah, Saint George's at Saint right. George's and goes and, and is out. Um, you know, it just it's so hard to predict. You can you know you can think that you got got this figured out, but I think the Open's probably the hardest to predict. I think so, too. And now, now, okay, so we've seen the last seven majors won by guys who've never won a major before, including this one, of course, in that group, which was Henrik Stenson a year ago. Mm-hmm. If you were going to pick a guy to win his first major next week, who would it be? I would probably say it would be Ricky Fowler. Mm-hmm. Um, I, really, I really just think he's, again, it's, it's major golf. It's steady golf. Um, he's shown before he can play in these conditions with the success he's had at the Scottish Open before. And again, he's, yep. he's, tie, he's tied for the lead right now, um, or he's five under close to the lead um, as we record this. I just think Ricky Fowler, with, uh, with that steady game, regardless if it's windy or not, I think he's probably the guy that's just a little bit ahead of maybe a John Rahm. Okay. Um, and then, you, you, know, know, you, know who I'm, you know who I'm going to pick? I know you're uh, going Tommy, with Tommy I Fleetwood. That. I knew you were going with it. <laughs> but he's a member there. He, I know. He's, he is now, but he grew up right in there. He's a South Southport guy, and he's a uh, he used to sneak onto the golf course. He lives five minutes from there. I mean, there's all sorts of stuff to like about the fact that he's playing well. He's 14th in the world. He just yep. won. I mean, I don't know. It's To me, he's standing out gloriously in the sunlight compared to some of the other guys there. Yeah, like in recent play, like the way he played at the U.S. Open and then winning again um, on the European Tour. Uh, yeah, it is, Tommy Fleetwood is that obvious in that. In the, if, you, if you were to pick five, you know he's he's in that for sure. So was Ricky. Yeah. So was probably yeah. John Rom. Um, you know maybe Alex Noren. Alex Noren. Maybe Matt Kuchar, who doesn't get a lot of publicity, but eventually, like like again, you talk steady game. Um, you know, and a guy that's probably not in there is a high ranked guy is Patrick Reed. Like I wouldn't put him in that stead yet. He just doesn't seem to perform consistently over an entire major, which is okay, shocking give you a, to me. I'm going to give you a pick. Between two guys, and one of them is Patrick Reed, and the other one is Daniel Berger. Who mm-hmm. would you take right now? Who would you take? I, that's man, hard, that's right? really hard because, you know, again, Daniel Berger, not the most experienced Lynx guy. They're twenty. There. They're twenty and twenty-one in the world ranking. Yeah. That's why I picked them because they're back to back, and they're you know. But I would probably take Daniel Berger because it just seemed like Patrick Reed found himself in position at the U.S. Open, and then what happened? Again, weekend hits, and he goes nowhere except down the leaderboard. Um, Flat tire. It's just it's it's really is amazing for a guy who is as talented as he is, um, especially coming off the wave of success he had at the Ryder Cup, to not be able to push that forward in the other big tournaments um, is really remarkable to me. Like I would pick Lee Westwood, who is way down way down the world ranking, and still hasn't won a major. I would rather I would rather if I was going to pick a first timer, it would be Lee Westwood over Patrick Reed. How about how about a uh, a guy who has won a major uh, wasn't in the big four, but I would think uh, I think I like Sergio Garcia this week. Oh, absolutely! I think Sergio's one of the, you know, I think, you know, after the Masters and after he won in kind of our post wrap up, and we've probably said it on the podcast before, you know, this is the major 
that UI next for Ser- for Sergio. Right. Um, you know, and he he played well at the U.S. Open. wasn't really in the mix, but was one of the major one of the guys that won majors that was actually up on the leaderboard because that was majorless all over the leaderboard. Um, but I think we all, both of us, agreed that Sergio would be good at the Open, and you know, this should probably should have been. You know, he's blown a couple of opens before. This probably should have been yep. one of his first, especially when he missed That's, the putt on eighteen and uh, uh, who's. Carnoustie in 2007. Yeah, that's right, in 07. And yep. it was. Uh, and he was runner up again, was, and he was actually runner up, although not not close. But uh, in 2014, when uh, when Roy, Rory McIlroy won again, he mm-hmm. was he and uh, Ricky were, were runner up. So he certainly got the chops to play uh, play Lynx golf. Um, I think he might be a real good pick, and in some ways, he's almost going to be like a little bit of a sneaky pick. But as you said earlier, this tournament is so unpredictable. Uh, you just have to go back and look at like Ben Curtis and Todd Hamilton <laughs> and Paul Laurie and I mean there's so many guys that you never expected would win this tournament. Even, John Daly. John Daly. I was just gonna say even like John Daly, like you would never expect John Daly to win a British Open or an Open. Sorry, sorry, all our international <laughs> viewers or listeners. Um, and even Phil Mickelson, right? Yeah, like for Phil, sure. Phil Mickelson, you know, never really, you know, it took him a while to embrace that link style and. You know, as he got older and older, you never thought he was going to do it either. And then eventually he goes on an unbelievable back nine run and and wins the Open. So, uh, you know, it is so unpredictable, which makes it so fun to watch. It's one of, I, you know, you're going to be there. And I wish I could go. I wish I was there. Um, it's one of the fun tournaments to be at because it's so wide open and you just never it's know what you're going to get. It's, it's fun to watch these guys try different shots. And also struggle in weather. Um, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but uh, it's a it's a fun week, and you know I love being able to wake up in the morning and put on golf. And there's a major tournament going on at about seven in the morning, so you can't do that. I You're going to be that. there. No, but uh, <clears throat> I'm going to be there. The only time I ever got to watch was uh, at uh, at the old course in 2015 when they had the nine hour wind delay. Yeah, that was... But we didn't watch golf. We didn't watch golf. We just we were staying at a house that was like three minutes from the golf course, so we just waited until we heard it was back. Play was back on. <laughs> I did my laundry and my put my underwear out on the on the line to dry, and it dried in about seven <laughs> minutes with the wind. <laughs> That's hilarious. So, but we just sat and we watched a movie. That was good. Anyway, uh, we will be over there. Uh, TSN has full coverage of both the majors we've talked about, by the way. U.S. Uh, Women's Open will be all over TSN in the next few days. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we've got Saturday-Sunday coverage on um, on the network. Not not on, the week, not on Thursday, Friday, Thursday, just Saturday-Sunday. But that's, Saturday, that's, the important, that's the important stuff. That's exactly. when you wake up early. And, Champions live and here, and a champion will live that's on right. TSN on Sunday. And then we get to come home for the RBC Canadian Open. We'll be doing a podcast. Uh, we might even have special guests on that podcast. Yeah, that'd be we'll nice. See. Yeah, we'll see what we can we can drum up some special. Lots guests of for Canadians that in that field, of course, and uh, yeah, you know, two Canadians, the, two Canadians in the field at the Open. Adam Hadwin, of that's course, right. and Austin Connolly, who was part of a playoff in one of his qualifiers and, overseas. And we're not uh, we're, they're not going in with a ton of experience. I, I talked to Austin Connolly after he qualified, and he said that uh, you know he had uh, only played Lynx golf. It was only the second time he played Lynx golf when he went on to the Royal Sankport to qualify. Did pretty well, mm-hmm. and then I thought, well, he's not going to have much experience. And then I talked to Adam Hadwin. Not only has he not played Lynx golf, he's never even been to England. He's yeah. never even been to outside. He's never been <laughs> in the, on the other side of the Atlantic. I would have so thought really, that, uh, I would have thought his game kind of fit. He could make that his game fit an open, which I guess he can be aggressive with the slower greens. Um, yeah, at being a good putter, and you have slow greens, and you can really attack putts. 
uh, makes you dangerous. But you know who knows? Well, maybe who knows? maybe he'll be uh, he'll maybe he'll be the Ben Curtis or Todd Hamilton this year. We'll see. Remember that was my first British my first open. Ben Curtis that was our this first year. open. My, was, mine too. Was that your first too? And he kind of just stayed there. We we never talked about him the entire week. And all of a sudden, just as the as the rounds go by, he's just there. And then at the end That's of it, right. you're just like, "Holy, he's he's holy crap! He's leading the open because it was all Tiger." We better Woods. find out what this guy. No, we better who, find out what this guy looks like. Who is this guy? And it was all Tiger Woods, Thomas Bjorn. And as guys started falling down the leaderboard, Ben Curtis just stayed there. And it was it was the weirdest. You know what my you know what my strongest memory of that what I heard is actually afterwards was that um, and I talked to Ben Curtis about this only two of course they do a lot of betting over there they bet on everything over in, in the UK mm-hmm. and they everyone bets on the open it but only two people had bought tickets on Ben Curtis one was Ben Curtis he bought a ticket on himself and the other one was a guy who you sort of put in a number and then you hand it in you don't write the guy's name like they have a sheet with the number right. so he put in the wrong he put in the wrong number and it came up as Ben Curtis <laughs> and he went oh. And he decided, well, I might as well just keep it. That's probably an omen or something. And he did. That's hilarious. So they shared the pot. That it was is, a pretty good pot. That's funny. Sort of like one of those Western Canada football uh, 50-50s. You know what else I remember about that uh, open? Was remember <laughs> at the at the end, a streaker came running onto the championship thing, and they grabbed her. And we were all waiting for Ben Curtis to come back after the trophy ceremony. And they led her right into all the cameras. And all at once... We were, I was sitting in the front, in at the front of the line, waiting, waiting to hold the mic for Ben Curtis, and all of a sudden, all these cameras just raised twenty cameras as they That's led right. the streaker off to the side as the bobbies. My other favorite That's part right. of that is you, we did an essay that week about the difference between an American uh, U.S. golf tournament and a and one in Britain, <laughs> and and one of the lines in there was you taking your picture beside a bobby. They have a Bobby, <laughs> we have Bob. That's right, I remember that. Rod Black, his famous line. Uh, classic Black, classic Rod Black. Well, we miss Rod Black on the golf broadcast, but he's with you in football. Yes. And uh, we'll, uh, somebody will have to drag him out to a, a golf tournament again. He's good. All right, that's it for this edition of Bump and Run. And we'll be back, as I said, next week with the RBC Canadian Open special. And uh, don't forget full coverage across the network for all your golf coverage, uh, U.S. Women's Open, and, of course, the Open Championship next week. That's it. I'm Run. I'm Bump. We'll talk to you again.